You're listening to the Blitz and Pick 6 podcast on BaselineTimes.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Blitz and Pick 6 podcast. This is a super episode for a super week, a.k.a. the week leading up until Super Bowl Sunday. That's right. We have one more final game of the 2020 NFL season that is being played in Tampa Bay, Florida. February 7th, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time kickoff. Very special to me, uh, personally as a Buccaneers fan. And uh, I'm very excited. Very, very much excited. This is an awesome, great matchup here. Top of the show, I'll be introducing my co-hosts, Adam and Mitch here from the First and Ten podcast. Uh, we'll dive a little bit into the path of the playoffs for each of these teams, uh, our opinions of the playoffs, especially with the new format this year. And then towards the bottom of the show, we will talk all Super Bowl LV, a.k.a. Super Bowl 55, being played in Tampa Bay, Florida. Again, the unofficial home game for the Buccaneers. Their first unofficial home game of the entire 2020 playoffs here for this uh, season. And they will host, quote-unquote, host the Kansas City Chiefs. Without further ado, let me go ahead and introduce... My wonderful guests here all season long. They've been providing us with some great NFL podcast content. The first and 10 crew, Adam and Mitch. What's up, guys? How you guys doing? Big week, big week. We have Super Bowl Sunday coming up. Um, it's going to be a big day for you, Chevy, with the uh, Bucks, yes. the Bucks playing, playing Woo. at home, I guess you could say. Yeah, quote unquote. <laughs> it's probably going to be the biggest bet week of the year before March Madness as well. Um, That's true. Big yeah, here. We got the future versus the past. It's going to be who's going to be the GOAT. Will Brady get his seventh ring? A lot to unpack. There is. There is. There is a lot. Away. There, yeah, we are. Uh, we want to give you guys some, some quality analysis. As always, you guys have been great all season uh, on the First and Ten podcast. So I brought you guys back because we actually did speak about a month ago, guys, right after the new year. Yeah. <laughs> we made some predictions. We, we talked about some playoff football. Uh, just kind of get, get into a quick recap and you know, spearhead that really quick here. Um, the playoffs, the well, super wild card weekend, guys. Let's start with that. Um, you know, we'll start with you, Mitch. How, how do you like the format? You know, we we talked about it, right? We liked it, but now that you saw it play out, this is something that's cool, right? That that I like it. Oh, let's absolutely. keep doing this. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's keep it going. Yeah, I, I definitely think that it worked out in favor. The three games on that that weekend was was wonderful. Uh, Chicago and you know New Orleans, and eh. I mean even the yeah. Bucks and Washington. I mean, Trubisky eh. got his MVP, so I mean we can't complain too too much. <laughs> but yeah, right, right, right. How, how about you, Adam? How do how do you feel about how, how it's played out so far? Now down to the final game here. Um, for me, I I, I enjoyed it. It, it. it was just that um some of the games weren't as competitive as we would have liked to see, but. Overall, I think the idea that they have on giving more teams a chance to compete for a title and playing more games is great because we saw a team like the Colts almost knock off the two-seeded Bills, which it's like they, the Colts would have never had that opportunity. The Bills wouldn't have even been playing in a normal uh, old postseason format. So I thought that was good. But, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it for the most part. Besides, like, the Saints game, um, I think most of it was pretty entertaining. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I can agree with that too. Um, there wasn't really any kind of like surprising upsets to me in a sense, but when it came down to, <laughs> I'm not gonna rag on you guys, but I'll be. You know, we obviously I believed in the uh, Lamar Jackson hype too. Third time's a charm, right? We talked about that. Obviously, I'll, look, I'll we as a trio will be all wrong here. <laughs> that wasn't like the final AFC, you know, matchup Jackson versus Mahomes, right? Um, that didn't happen. 
for for you guys so um any any big disappointments anything that going into next season something's got to change at, at any of the teams in the AFC NFC so far I mean like the, the Seahawks obviously they had a disappointing first round game um obviously Lamar what what, what can you what do you say Adam where is, is it Baltimore who, who do you have as your biggest disappointment in the playoffs so far well, for me, the biggest see you could you could call Baltimore the biggest disappointment, but I I wouldn't go to do that because they they did win a game. I'd more uh, specifically single out Lamar Jackson and call him the biggest disappointment because he had two games to prove himself, and in, in both of them he didn't do anything. And I understand he went down with a concussion in the fourth quarter against the Bills, but when your team is down ten three and you're in the red zone and you throw a pick six. You're not going to win a football game, especially if you, Lamar Jackson, really wants to make that statement as a top 10 quarterback. He's got to be better. Um, another disappointment I'd just say as a whole was the Steelers. I think <laughs> the most overhyped team, 10 weeks through the season, they were the most overhyped team in the league. Then your quarterback goes out there, throws 68 passes, throws four interceptions, four touchdowns, 501 yards. That's one of the most bipolar stat lines I've ever seen. That's it's Winston right in the nutshell there for you. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I call the bears disappointing, but I don't think a single person actually expected anything out of them, which is why I won't say that. So for me, it's Lamar Jackson and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, that's fair. All right. What what about you, Mitch? So we we know your Browns overachieved in a sense though. Yeah. So I can't call that. Obviously that was disappointing, but if we're talking just AFC, I would, I'd have to agree with Adam with the, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, but overall throughout the entire playoffs, it's the New Orleans Saints. Again, just an early exit playoff win when they're clearly one of the best teams in football, getting blown Facts. out by the Buccaneers. Breeze throwing three interceptions in what is most likely his last game ever. It was it was sad to see. And, uh, like, again, you know, it, it goes back to you know, the past three or four years, they've been the best team, the most complete roster. I mean, this was their last shot. They're $100 million over the cap, and they're going to be bad next year, or at least – not what they are now. They're going to have to make a lot of tough decisions, and they could have, you know, they could have gone out. They could have won, won, one last game, the breeze, and then it imploded. And it's okay. It would have because he would have been, you know, he would have uh, passed over retirement. But nope, they let Brady and the Buccaneers walk all over them, and now it's not looking good for Saints fans. <laughs> you, you know, it's a good take. It's a really good take. Be- again, because New Orleans is, is is traditional in doing this. I, I joked last season they locked up the uh, Super Bowl. Excuse me, they locked up the division by like at least Thanksgiving Day, right? And then they went into the, the playoffs and then ultimately lost to Kirk Cousins yeah. yet again. They lost to Kirk Cousins in the playoffs, right? So I think that's disappointing. I, I that's a big one. I can agree. With. I'm not just trying to sound like a hater. And guys, for the for the record, for this episode, my 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 objective goggles are on. Okay, I'm not wearing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers goggles just yet. Good I'll let you guys know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I look, you know, I I agree with the Saints there. Um, all I was gonna say is I think the my my favorite moment of the playoffs so far that didn't involve like the actual game was the uh the post game uh gathering of Brady with Breeze and Breeze's kids. Just that that whole moment, just soaking it in. Brady knowing that this is it for Breeze, most likely just mm-hmm. seeing his kids and then. One of the hardest things to watch was Drew Brees walking off the field for the final time. Not officially yet, but he, he just turned around and embraced the Superdome and then continued walking to the locker room. And, and it, it, was, it was then where like I'm watching like a childhood QB of mine, a quarterback I watched throughout my childhood, and he's leaving the game. And yeah. 
I could say the same about Philip Rivers. It's just I don't like him as much. But <laughs> we're, we're, we're seeing all these quarterbacks that I was once watching in their 20s, now in their late 30s, and leaving the f- game for good. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad I'm glad you said that because I want to ask you guys here. I'm putting you guys on the spot uh, later down on the road here in this episode about about quarterbacks and age things. Um, it's good you said it, and I agree because you know, as a Bucks fan, still, get, I got twice. I got twice a year. I got to see Drew Brees play, and um, I feel the same way. You know, it it was a team I respected, a team that I, you know, I had to root against. But you, they were good. They were the best of the best, right? Um, so yeah, I got to agree with that there. Um, any any surprises for you, Mitch, or anything that you liked so far of the, of the format or the playoffs? Um, I guess I, I don't want to harp on this. You know, I got the Browns goggles on now, but just the way the Steelers imploded, like we knew that they were overrated, but I mean, they couldn't have given the game the Browns any more than they did, and it, it was it was crazy to see, uh, at least as a Browns fan. And Adam spoke about how that uh the Brady and Breeze interaction was his favorite um, post-game little moment there. My favorite was the locker room Corvette-Corvette celebration uh, with <laughs> Matt Brooks and Kareem Hunt and the boys uh, giving a little, giving Juju a little run for his money. And then Chase Claypool continuing to just speak about the defeat on a live stream with his TikTok followers, which yeah. was just not a good look for him. So I'm taking the opposite direction there, but had to be said. Yeah, no, those, those are pretty good taste, guys. Yeah, I, I guess I, I definitely got to agree with most of that there for the most part. I mean, definitely Lamar coming into this, this uh, you know, playoffs definitely needed to take that next leap, right, and and lead he that did, team. He really didn't. Yeah, yeah, and that, that was unfortunate to see uh, Drew Brees, you know, playing his last game. And it's almost like, you know, it, this this is really good. I, you know, just to go with the sidetrack here, I think I feel like the NFL's in, in general, a lot of the last couple of decades, they've been dampered by a lot of – negativity uh first domestic violence a lot, you know a lot of things going on in the offseason with a lot of players and they had to you know i don't know if you guys remember and i'm sure you guys do um the commercials where they're just talking about uh the players are just speaking out against domestic violence it's like why you know they have to do that they're they're relying on commercials mid-season to do this yeah. then you get into like the last four or five years and the whole colin kaepernick thing you know that was becoming an issue and the whole racism and stance against racism with the NFL in the last couple of years, that also, you know, was brought to light. And then people in the kneeling, you know, and I feel like at this point in, in where we're at, look, guys, I, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not advocating for those things. I'm not against like domestic violence. I'm not saying anything about like that, but at, at some point we're sports fans because of the product on the field, right? Like we just want to get back to football. And I think the NFL in the last couple of years, uh, if you want to say Patrick Mahomes saved it, I feel like this is, this has been one of the most best seasons. I don't know, maybe probably about five years I've really enjoyed thoroughly in the middle of a pandemic. Would you guys agree? Well, the, the, the thing I want to say about that is another reason why this season was so much better and like so great um, opposed to the other ones is that going into this season, we didn't expect to be here right now. Like I'm going to be honest. I didn't think the NFL was going to make it more than six weeks. Then a few weeks in, you see the Titans coming up, the bills you are like, Oh my God, what's, what's happening? Or is the season going to get canceled? Yeah. And then they made it through. With cancellations and adjustments, but the season is still on the same track that it was supposed to be from the start, which is what was so amazing about this one. And along with that, everybody's been stuck inside their homes for so long. And when we were stuck inside, we had no sports, no entertainment. And that's then true. the new school year starts, and you you have football every Sunday now. Yeah, right. I, that's true. It, yeah, it I agree like that. Just you know, a month ago, that I was like sitting down with my dad to watch the opening Thursday night football Texans Chiefs, like. The fact that, you know, it's been 
a considerable amount of time in the entire course of a season in the middle of a pandemic, like Adam said, and still being able to rely on, for the most part, consistent Sunday football. It's we've come a long we've come a long way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, and again, despite everything that's going on outside in the real world, uh, yeah, we as sports fans sometimes we, this is what we love. You know, the, the product, the quality of play, and the quality sometimes was diminished due to COVID or due to injuries, whatever the case may be. That's that's something that we couldn't control. But I agree with you guys. Absolutely, it's, it's a real good take, guys. Um, let's go ahead and switch over here to a couple things here. A couple of trade rumors. Obviously, Deshaun Watson talks about wanting to be out, uh, formally requesting a trade from the Houston Texans. Guys, I've heard so many different opinions and takes. You guys got some great takes already. Just just give me some some scenarios where Deshaun Watson works out if it's not in Houston. It's it's honestly so hard to tell because you, you wonder after the whole Stafford trade, if Stafford was traded for two first-round picks and Jared Goff and all the other assets as well, how much is Deshaun Watson worth? And from what I've been hearing, they want two first-rounders, most likely a quarterback in return, and two young defenders. That's a lot of value. And it, it, to me, it's what team is willing to give all that up while only getting Deshaun Watson and his massive contract? And I understand he's a great quarterback, but is it worth giving up everything you've built up for? Like, this is where the Dolphins come in. The Dolphins are probably one of the top contenders for Deshaun Watson right now. But they've worked so hard trading Laramie Tunzo, Kenny Stills, Minka Fitzpatrick, all these people to get these picks and build up the roster that we saw this year. Now they have the third pick, a young quarterback, the 18th pick, and then they have two more first-rounders next year. It's, do you really want to give up all that you worked for just for the quarterback? Like, that, that's, that, that's where my thought process is on Deshaun Watson right now. It's, it's, it's not where he's going to go. It's more of who is going to be willing to offer that much for him. So it's really going to come down to, you know, where, where does Deshaun want to go? Because I see two good fits that are on the polar opposites of the spectrum. He'd either go to the Jets, which I, you know, they're one of the top teams that are um, in the race for him. The Jets have a lot of cap, and the Jets have a ton of draft picks as well, most notably due to the Jamal Adams trade. When he gets there, he would be a pretty – uh, a pretty important person there to say the least. I'm assuming the Jets would be able to give him control, give him some, you know, freedom uh, to to really make this team his own, whereas the Texans did not, and and really build this team around him. So I could see that as a very high possibility. But now with after the Stafford trade, the NFC West just got a lot stronger. Russell Wilson's still there. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray, I'm guessing, will take another leap in uh, 2021. And Stafford just uh, just took over for the under um, for the underperforming Jared Goff. So now I wonder, does it make sense for the 49ers to throw everything they have to get Deshaun Watson? We know they have a good defense. It was mostly hurt this year, and it still performed adequately. They have receivers, and they have Kyle Shanahan and a trio of really really good running backs. Why not throw everything and just get them get their name and their uh, their team back in the ring for the Super Bowl? I mean, this team was in the Super Bowl last year, and I don't think Garoppolo is a long term answer. Why not you know send it for Deshaun Watson? So those are the two scenarios that I see playing out. Very good. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I can agree with that. Um, I, I'm I'm in favor. I, I like I, I don't like you said, Adam. I'm not sure of what the value is or what who's willing to give up so much for Deshaun Watson. 
that's that's going to be the issue. I like Miami though. I I think it's it's a place that needs it's refreshing. South Beach is refreshing. I can tell you that firsthand. Uh, it, it's a city that needs revival with, with its football team, and they have like you know an up and coming defense, a few pieces, a couple of receivers that he can throw to. So, yeah. I, I I like Miami. Uh, biasly, you know, I would say in, in a bias, but um, the 49ers is a good scenario. I think both are good good situations for a guy like Deshaun Watson because we know he he can be a winner. I would like Deshaun Watson to go to Miami. I don't think two is the answer long term, but I think that they the Dolphins mm-hmm. have made it pretty damn clear that they are sticking with Tua at least for this year. So. Right, right. I mean, the media likes to say that, like, the Dolphins are still up there. I still think they're in the top five to top ten teams, but they're not the second most likely team for him to go to. Just because they have a lot of cap and uh, or a lot of draft picks doesn't necessarily mean he's going to go there. Like I said, the the GM, the coach, they've all said they're sticking with Tua. Could be a smokescreen. I'd find it amusing if it was, but it seems like they like Tua. So. Absolutely. And then, you know, you guys mentioned the whole Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford trade. Quick reactions here. How about what do you think, Mitch? Ben, which team won? Obviously, you know there was a lot given up for, in my sense, Stafford. Right. I I think it was a good trade for both teams, honestly, because the Lions now they're a very underperforming franchise, very underachieving franchise, and they're going to be able to build their um they're going to be able to build up a new roster around Dan Campbell if they if they so choose and. I mean, Stafford wasn't happy. You know, you have to let him go at some point. Stafford was getting injured with them. They don't have a great O-line. You know, Kenny Galladay may or may not be there. It seemed like Stafford was definitely, definitely unhappy. So at least they got a good return for a very, very solid quarterback. With the Rams, you know, everyone says, oh, man, they gave, you know, they're giving away too many first-round picks. And it's like, okay, that's valid. But they're doing okay without them. They are pretty good at getting talent. Their GM is very underappreciated. And, um... And Jared Goff was holding them back. Like we said, they have probably the best defense in football. They've Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Taylor Rapp. They've got a really, really good team. They've got a pretty solid O-line as long as Andrew Whitworth is there. And then they still have that run game. So all they needed, and not to mention Cooper Cup and um, Robert Woods, all they needed was a quarterback who could do more than just throw checkdowns. And I think that this team could win a Super Bowl. I mean, you know, we always talk about Super Window. They were in there two years ago. I, I can't see a clear winner as of now. It's only been a week, so... It seems like a good trade for both teams. Um, I, I just wanted to rag on you guys here for a quick second here before we switch over to the Super Bowl talk. Before we leave this conversation about the playoffs, um, you guys re- all all of you guys at baseline times pick Green Bay. Yeah. Is there a, a good reason why you pick Green Bay over Tampa Bay last? You you want to know why I think there it was a very good reason to pick Green Bay. <laughs> what what was that? What was your reason? Because at the end of the first half, with twenty seconds left, the Bucks found themselves third and five, where Tom Brady wasn't looking, chucked up a ball, and it was almost picked off by Green Bay. They mm-hmm. dropped the pick. If they get that pick, then Brady never scores that touchdown at the end of the first half, and we have a whole different ball game. I mean, I mean, it's fair. It's fair. I just had, I think, you know, I, I, that to me, that personally, like the dropped interception, and then the guy gets beat deep two plays later. If that doesn't happen, I think Green Bay wins this football game. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it was a close game, man. Um, you know, not to to harbor you guys too much. I was just trying to tease the yeah. crew because um, the graphic <laughs> just had yeah. me picking Tampa out of a field of ten guys, but um. <laughs> But there's some guys that are picking Tampa, and we'll find out here what we have for you guys in store here. Uh, so let's go ahead and talk about Super Bowl 55, a.k.a. Super Bowl LVs in the building. Uh, 
it's in Tampa. It's 90 miles, about 90 miles away from me. Uh, it's my home. This is incredible, guys. I mean, we were talking about before this. We we're talking about this before the show, right? Um, and recording this is that this is amazing, right? Like we are living through a time where one, Adam, you mentioned the season got completed in the middle of a pandemic. Two, there is a team in the Super Bowl that actually is playing in their home stadium, and it's arguably the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. That's spearheading the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the home team. Like, we're living through that. I think it's an amazing accomplishment if you're a football fan across the field. For me, it's extra special, as I mentioned earlier. But we ha- here we have it, guys. Uh, Super Bowl 55 here. Um, I always like to tease a little bit here. Are you guys uh, excited for the halftime show the weekend? Yeah. I am. Um, okay. He's, he's, been, he's been hyping it up a lot, saying he's spent a ton of money on it, millions of dollars. I think <laughs> I, I, I haven't listened to much weekend, but I, I, I think like visually it'll be appealing and he's talented. So I, I, I think right. it'll be one of the better performances we've seen recently. <laughs> that, that's a nice take, Adam. How about you, bitch? Give me something. I really don't have an opinion on my halftime <laughs> show. Like Adam said, I mean, it's cool that he put, I think I read somewhere that it was $7 million of his own money. So he wants to make a... That's wild, right? He wants to make a big impression. <laughs> I really, I'm going to be honest, I've never been a big fan of the halftime show. I don't see that changing anytime. Really, Mitch? I, I, I mean... We play halftime shows I, like... The Bruno I Mars one was, I still look forward to it. The Bruno Mars one was excellent. I love me some Bruno yeah. Mars. But uh, beyond sure. that, I mean, like, let's be honest. We had like... Like what are the highlights? We had the Janet Jackson nip slip. We had the Katy Perry and the dancing sharks. But Mitch, that's the thing that makes the Super Bowl halftime show what it is. Because sometimes it's just so bad or it's something so stupid that it's just entertaining. Look, I'm not saying I'm not looking forward to the, uh, to the halftime show. It's just not really what's on my mind when I think of Super Bowl. Uh, no, I get that. I get that. But, but I, I know you're going to be vibing wherever you are to Blinding Lights when he comes down and sings that. You know what? If it's Blinding Lights, I can see that. I mean, it's one of the most overplayed songs, but it's like, all right, it's a good song. Him and his weird, freaky, like, plastic surgeon face. Like, all right. Yeah, for real, man. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. So, yeah, halftime show uh, the weekend, obviously, in Tampa. Um, but we'll get back to the game here. Baby goat versus the the goat goat or elder goat. I guess we have it here. There's so many things. Tom versus Patty. Um, you know, this is amazing, guys. I think this is one of the Buccaneers peaked at the right time, so I think it makes it more interesting. Uh, the Chiefs, obviously, with Patrick Mahomes, the face of the NFL. Um, man, where do we even start here, guys? Uh, I actually wanted to start with this question though, because Adam, you kind of alluded to it earlier. Uh, you know, we talk about eras of quarterbacks and. Obviously, here's like the new and the old, but like for me, like I grew up in the 90s, so I was able to see a little bit of like a Joe Montana. Uh, Brett Favre was like the, the hottest thing under the sun, you know, for an NFL football. Um, not to show our ages here, but you know, Warren Moon, um, you know, those are some of the guys, Steve Young, uh, mm-hmm. Troy Aikman with the Cowboys, John Elloway. You guys even remember watching any of this, like any of these games, not to you know, dabble too much into age, but. Just trying to put things into perspective. Like you mentioned um that you 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 watched some quarterbacks like Drew Brees, right? Drew Brees was a little bit after this, right? So uh-huh. <laughs> put it into in this into perspective here. Who are some of the guys that you guys for watched? for me it's more of the uh the the Drew Breeses, the 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 Manning brothers were two quarterbacks. At, growing up in the New York area, everybody was a Giants yeah. fan. So um Ryan Fitzpatrick's another one of them guys. Um I'd even say uh, Nick Foles, 
because uh, he played for the Bears uh, when uh, Jay Cutler went down. We could say Jay Cutler too. Carson Palmer, um, just like all those guys. Uh, Joe Flacco. I, I could keep going, but yeah, yeah. Um, Philip Rivers, yeah, Ben yeah. Roethlisberger. I mean, so those are your quarterback. Those are the quarterback of your time, like like uh, Donovan McNabb, Andrew Luck, uh, yeah, Carson Palmer. Yeah, um, not Matt Michael Vick, but uh, Eagles Michael Vick. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, so those, you know, that's the 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 tale of the two sides here, right? So I remember those uh, elder guys, and then these are the guys that now I became more acclimated with the game, and I'm like, okay, you know, I've I've seen great quarterbacks before. I've seen Steve Young. I've seen John Elway, but like, oh, okay, Drew Brees, and then just Tom Brady, right? So Tom Brady to this day is we're still talking about him, right? Like, I I think this is a great opportunity for you guys where you're at. Um, what about you, Mitch? Like, what are some who are some of the quarterbacks that you watched growing up? I didn't, I didn't grow up watching a whole lot of football. I was hockey. Oh, okay, a while, but obviously Eli Manning probably made the biggest impact. Um, Ben Roethlisberger, there's never really a fan of him, but he was always there. And then Aaron Rodgers, I always loved Aaron Rodgers. Facts, facts. You guys know who Jake Delhomme is? Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I just wanted to start off with that in this conversation here, just to kind of focus on the quarterbacks because. I think it's wild and crazy how like like you know Tom Brady we can we can talk about it from hours this podcast can turn to a Tom Brady podcast we won't go that direction though but it's so cool to see that you know in this generation now that you still get a little bit of that greatness and that legacy of Tom Brady interjected because now even guys you know obviously we have some years apart from us guys but we understand how great Tom Brady is and that's the cool part while I have some age on you and some miles on you guys we both or all three of us understand how great Tom Brady is and I think that's what this Super Bowl kind of hypes a little bit about, and then there's a new school, right, with Patrick Mahomes. So exactly. I, I, I love, I love the 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 two sides of the spectrum here, and what this matchup brings, uh, quarterback wise, and the history for the NFL and the game. Like I said, it's, it's probably one of the better ones that, that now that I'm thinking about it. Not that I was trying to be a homer. I'm like, oh yeah, the Bucks are going to win the Super Bowl, but now it's even better. Um, getting into the matchup here, uh, so obviously we have the NFC winner, the AFC winner, um, defenses, offenses here. We'll start with you, Adam. How do you feel offensively, defensively? Who favored? You know, was, was one team favored more than the other? By the way, the line right now, the Bucks are underdogs. Uh, the Chiefs are a three-point favorite. That's where it's at. Um, Adam, how do you feel? It, for, for me, um, the Chiefs are our biggest rivals. Brady's also one of our biggest rivals as a Broncos fan. So it's really – you don't like either very much. Um, I'm not going to say who I have winning yet, but um, – I, these teams match up really well against each other. And, and and if I'm correct, they had a really good matchup against each other earlier in the season. Um, where uh, The second half, yeah. In the second half. That's what I was going to say, where Brady didn't show up <laughs> until the second half. Um, for me, is this – are we going to see it, – it's what type of Super Bowl Brady are we going to see? Because we're, we're so used to seeing this all these great performances. And for me – I, I, I hope that continues as a big Antonio Brown fan. I would love to see him get his first ring. Um, it's like the Chiefs offense edges them out by a bit just because of Tyree Kill's I, – I, I, I dispute to say he's unguardable. But Bucks defense has been very good at getting pressure on the quarterback. And they've had these like the, – not I wouldn't say no-name players, but they've had these – not as well-known players like uh, Sean Murphy Bunting and players like that step up this year. Sean Murphy Bunting, Jamal Dean, Antoine Winfield, all players who have stepped up on the defensive side of the ball for them, along with JPP playing the best, one of the best seasons of his career without a few fingers. Um, so 
for me, these teams match up really well. And I, I the Super Bowl has the potential to be one of the better Super Bowls we've watched in a while. Also, with that said, the over-under line's coming in at 56, which is, for an NFL game, that's on the higher side, I'd say. So. Yes, yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. How about you, Mitch? How you feeling, man? Anything that you see that favors one team or the other? Um, I think it's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, we spoke about this again. I'm not going to say who I think is going to win this game yet, but when we think of the Tampa Bay, like, um, when we think of what they do best, that's blitz the quarterback, that's contain the quarterback, get hits, get, get pressures. Who do we know in the league that performs better under pressure than anybody else? It's Mahomes. And yes, they've got a good secondary, and I don't think Tyreek Hill will like be able to burn Carlton Davis for 300 yards again, 250 yards. I hope not. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be fun to watch. I mean, as, as a football fan, yeah, it, it wouldn't be fun to watch. But um, you know, I Mahomes matches up really, really well against this team. But at the same time, playoff Brady is different Brady. So again, it's gonna like like Adam said, these teams match up very, very well against each other. It's gonna be really tough to say. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm on the same as like an objective fan. I'm on the same level, and it's as far as first of all, Patrick Mahomes has never lost me money. Every time I bet money on yeah, the Chiefs, he, so Patrick, I always call him my homie because he's never lost me money, and I always say never get bet against Tom Brady. So there's two guys that are, that are going up against each other that I would never bet against, and so we call that a push because it just cancels out, you know. So I gotta agree with your takes there, absolutely. Um, is there any X factor here we're looking at, like a Gronk? Uh, and you guys mentioned Antonio Brown. Adam, any X factors here that could possibly make this game winnable for their team? Um, I'd say an unusual X factor that I wouldn't normally say, considering how much I hate the run game, is I think the, it's going to come down to the run game because last year we saw Damian Williams have one of the best games of his career in the Super Bowl. Um, and that meant a lot for the Chiefs because it helped them. Uh, it helped lead the comeback against the 49ers. And this year it's going to be Hilaire and Bell in one backfield. And then we're going to have uh, Fournette and um, Ronald Jones in the other. It, it, it might be which backfield is able to perform better because though, when you're able to solidify a run game and have it last throughout the game and be able to go back and rely on it at a point in the game where you need it, it means a lot for a football team, and I feel like in this game, no team has that running that it factor running back. So, if one of the running backs is able to perform well and go out and rush for a hundred yards, I think that team will win. That's fair. I like that. I like that. How about you, Mitch? No, agreed. Um, both of these teams are uh, known for being able to stop the run. Obviously, the Bucks have the advantage in that category, but we saw in the divisional round against the Browns, Browns like to run the ball very, very well, and and throughout the uh, first half, the Chiefs just stuffed them. So the difference being um, if you stuff the run and you overcommit there, you're going to have Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin running amok versus uh, Rashard Higgins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and a banged-up Jarvis Landry. So it's a bit different. But, um, yeah, the running game will play a factor. I don't think it'll be quite as important. I think it'll be who can get off the field on third down especially. Um and both of these teams are known for extending third downs, so it's going to be a real clash of the Titans. 
Absolutely. Yeah, you know, and the thing is, I, I like that. You know, you guys took like an offensive stance on it. Um, for me, my X factor is really whichever defense can come up with a momentum like twist to this game because we agree, we all three agree that this is <laughs> this is kind of too difficult. Like they're both great teams, right? They all have their individual weapons. Um, and you know, whether you know or, or think that the the Tampa Bay goggles are on or off. Um, I, I think that the odds are that would play into Tampa Bay's favor and that, that could be the deciding factor of the game. Um, so my X factor is, is whatever defense comes up with anything that's momentum swinging and it, it can be the chiefs. Like I'm trying to be objective as possible here and not jinx my team, but I think, you know, the odds are it, it's just Tampa. They, they've shown they can do it in the playoffs. Uh, they come out with a big fumble, a big interception at the right time. And then guess what? It sets up Tom Brady for a short field. Um, and he, and he does his thing. Right. And that's so beneficial to a guy like Tom right now. Um, so, you know, I think that's the biggest thing, you know, a guy like Devin White has came in, uh, he didn't get to play against Washington due to COVID protocol, um, and missed that game, but he, you saw the difference he made and he makes on the field when he came back against a team like New Orleans, um, against a Drew Brees, against Aaron Rodgers, right. Uh, recovered, uh, if correct me if I'm wrong, but he rec- recovered uh, two fumbles and uh, one against uh, the Saints and one against the Packers. Um, so th- th- that to me is is very important in a game where it, it is the clash of the Titans, like you mentioned, Mitch, and it's very it's going to be a very close matchup. That's that's momentum swinging to me. So if I had to put money on something happening, and this is what everybody wants me to say or hear, so in case we lose, they can come back and troll me. But I'll say it on my podcast, so you can listen to my podcast. I believe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense wins them the Super Bowl. That's my hot take. So there's my X factor for you guys. Um, there it is. You want to predict final scores or what you just got? It, it's hard for me because I'm trying to put all my biasness aside because you're not going to do well. <laughs> um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I, I, you can't you can't go against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. You can't. He's lost three times, two being to Eli Manning, one being to Nick Foles. <laughs> Brady's gotten the best of Mahomes last time they met in the AFC Conference Championship in the playoffs. What makes me think he won't do it again? So I'm going to go with a 35 to 31 Bucks. Mmm, I like that. I like that. Not just because of the Bucks, but like I've got some of the same numbers. Let me hear you, Mitch. What, what do you got? Winner and what's the score? I have the Chiefs 35 to 28 because you talk about the turnover battle, and I think that's very, very important. But Mahomes doesn't make mistakes very often, and Brady threw three interceptions last game. So I just Brady, at least in these last few games, he has been making mistakes, and his team got him the win last week. When you throw three fourth quarter interceptions, you're not putting your team in a good position to win. And it was that defense that was able to keep Aaron Rodgers at bay. Like I said before, Mahomes will be able to exploit their 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 X factor, being their blitz and being their uh, ability to get pressure on the quarterback. I'm not saying it'd be easy, and I'm not saying Mahomes won't get sacked and he'll make them look silly. But if anyone can go up against this Bucks team and, ex- and um, exploit their uh, – sorry really reverse that their x factor it's going to be Mahomes and I think that this kid is just on a tear and yes they uh they lost a last time they met in the playoffs they lost but 
Mahomes pretty much killed them in the first half, and then their defense, the Chiefs' defense, was playing conservative and allowed Brady to get some momentum back in the second half. But Mahomes essentially killed and buried them in the first half. You know, last time they met up, again, it's not going to be that clear cut. It never is in the playoffs. But um, I have the Chiefs winning this. All right. I mean that that's good. I, I'm glad that you guys are, are giving those scores because I, for me, in my opinion, I think the team that gets to or scores over 31 first will win this ball game. Um, so most likely, you know, obviously the scores you guys have there and the winners make sense. Um, obviously I'm going Tampa guys. I mean, I can't like, this is too rare. It's too hard for me to pick against my team. I will say Tampa Bay wins it. Uh, my final score prediction was something similar to you guys. Not as much points on the board for Tampa. I would say 31 to a 23 score. So just because the defense takes gets that one takeaway, in my opinion, uh, that will come up. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, yeah, I'm going 31-23 just, just because. Um, but I like what I hear, man. I like what I hear from you guys. I, I think that's it's reasonable. That's that's fair enough there. Um, but yeah, that's the Clash of the Titans, Super Bowl 55, guys. Uh, that, that's our preview show there. Uh, we'll kept it short and sweet for you guys. Um, Adam, Mitch, any shout outs? Anything you guys want to plug at this time? Just listen to base uh, to baseline times and listen to first and ten specifically when we uh, Adam and I dive into the off season. Absolutely, yeah. You guys have been great all season, man. Consistently putting out podcasts, uh, first and ten podcast. You can find it at baselinetimes.com under the podcast section. Um, uh, go ahead, Adam, and plug where 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 can people find you at on Instagram? There, go ahead and tell them about your uh, Broncos. Um, yep, you guys can find me on Instagram at Broncos Focus. Uh, that's really all. Um, that's all I have to shout out. Um, yeah. All right. We will see you guys next time. Once again, here, this is Chevy with the first and 10 crew, Adam and Mitch. And that is your Super Bowl 55 preview show here. As always, you guys can find us at Baseline Times on Instagram and Twitter. The home base will be www.baselinetimes.com. And we've got uh, Super Bowl coverage for you all week leading up to the big game. So check it out. <laughs>